0: You're listening to All Things Crime, brought to you by Abject Entertainment. Be sure to check out some of the other great true crime podcasts from this network, including The Murder in My Family, Missing Persons, DNA ID, Scene of the Crime, Three Men and a Mystery, and Zodiac Speaking. All of these podcasts are available for you to binge on right now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe where you're listening to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. Warning. All Things Crime is a true crime production that may contain violent or disturbing material. Viewer or listener discretion is advised. Uh, how does this all tie in with law enforcement and All Things Crime? Well, <clears throat> put yourself in the in the shoes of one of those migrants. Uh, they get into this country. They can't speak English. They don't have a job waiting for them. No way to provide for their family. What are they going to do? They're going to turn to crime. They are going to at best they're going to resort to that first level of evil and they're going to see all the stuff that you have and they're going to take it because they're saying you have way more than what you need so i'm going to take what i need and we're going to split whatever you have so if you have food in the fridge half of it's going to them or you know a good portion of it's going to them if you have money if you have clothing If you have a car, if you have um, whatever, whatever they feel that they're entitled to, uh, they're going to try to take it. So these people have basically nothing as it is. And what their mayor was telling us is that ever since this, um, they used to get like 10 to 15 migrants a day. And now they get hundreds per day. And this is, this is back in, you know, last spring. So now they're talking about, you know, the people that these friend of mine that have gone back to Baja Chiquito, uh, like Michael Yon, uh he he, they're basically saying that it's like 800 to a thousand per day that are coming into this little village they are completely overrun these people have not they used to be uh like farmers and they do a lot of lumber and things like that they grow uh, certain crops down there haven't been able to do it ever since uh especially the start of 2021 because uh the flow of migrants that, and it's lo and behold, it coincides perfectly with, uh, president Biden coming into office. So if you don't think there's a correlation there, I got nothing for you because I, I will tell you flat out that there is a direct correlation with president Biden getting into office and these migrants coming from all over the world. We saw, like I said, we saw people from South America, a ton of Haitians, uh, people from Egypt, uh, people from different parts of, of uh, Africa. It was incredible how many uh, countries had come here. But uh, I, I'd say at least half the people that we talked to were either from Africa or from Haiti. And so there is a concerted effort to bring migrants here from Haiti. Now, fast forward to today. What do they say the vast majority of the people that are under that, of that 12,000 migrants that are sitting there under that bridge waiting to storm into the United States. These people are desperate. I guarantee there's not enough food. There, there can't be any uh, sanitary uh, facilities there. Uh, I saw like clotheslines, so these people had probably washed their clothes. You know, they probably only have one set of clothes. They've washed their clothes in the river and they were hanging up on these clotheslines in the back and they're just waiting and there's there's thousands of them. 12,000 was the last count that they had. Well, when things get desperate enough, just like it has happened in the past, where you see the some of these other countries that have tried to build you know makeshift walls and fencing and stuff like that to hold them back uh when these people get desperate enough they get hungry enough uh they get tired of sleeping in in feces and and the filth they are just going to storm that fence and there's only a a small fence that's holding them back from bussing into the united states and when there's twelve, or who knows how many thousands are arriving every day, uh, they th- that is an invasion, folks. We are being invaded. And if you think about the conversation that that we overheard with those people, and they were extremely aggressive, by the end of their conversation, they weren't asking; they were demanding better housing and better food to to villagers that have nothing to begin with. You know, and the village is 450 people. That means there's probably 50, 70 men. The rest are going to be women and children. And a lot of these, I didn't see a, a, a lot of uh, young and, and vibrant men. These guys could give, overwhelm that village, Baja Chiquito, just no problem. And so they were demanding better housing and better uh, food to people that had nothing anyway. If they are that entitled, I'm telling you right now, if all of these people get into the United States and they are able to get into the welfare system or they're not here to work, folks, I got news for you. I don't care what your bleeding heart tells you about these people. Um, They are here on the expectation that you are going to take care of them. And, you know, a, a select few of them might, might start working. But uh, the ones that, again, we, we saw them at the beginning of their journey. And, they, you know, they weren't even really, really tired yet. I can imagine after, you know, going from Panama, they have to go into Costa Rica and then up through the Northern Triangle and all the way through Mexico. Even if they were just riding a bus, they had to pay money. For this whole thing, they had to pay money to get through the Darien Gap. They had to pay money to get out of Baja Chiquito. the 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 boat ride, though, that's not free. You know, there's people that are actually providing these services, and the governments all along the way are so overwhelmed. All they're trying to do is just shuttle them along, and that's all they can do. And because they can't house them, you know, what's the little country of Panama going to do with Ten thousand or thirty thousand refugees. Where are they going to put them? You know, what? What are they? They're just going to, they're just going to take the place over. And so, the the easiest way to do it for them, what they've obviously decided is that they're just going to take all these people and just bus them and just get them out of there. Well, that's just increased the flow. So it is a never-ending flow, and until they actually shut it off at our southern border and turn people back, it is just going to get worse. And I'm telling you, folks, this level of evil that people are just using some of these leaders, some of these world leaders that are using these people for whatever nefarious purpose they have, they're making promises they can't keep. They are uh, they're bringing people in here that are unvetted, but they have their own security. uh, They have their own, you know, Uh, housing that's, that's secure, private security uh, guards around there and walls that they're hiding behind. And so all of these decisions, Thomas Sowell said it best that uh, the most dangerous thing is when people do not have any kind of repercussions based on the decisions that they're making. And that's what we're seeing right now, because there are, um, these people are being used and i think once they really discover how much they've been used that they are basically pawns they traveled i don't know two thousand miles a lot of it walking uh they probably saw people murdered they saw women raped they saw children raped all along the way the the fact that they uh, suffered as much as they did hunger and thirst and um bleeding feet and picking up diseases, getting COVID along the way, uh, the suffering that these people are undergoing, all because some politician wanted them, they, don't, they didn't care about them personally, they just wanted their body, they just wanted a person. And it happened to be this guy or this this lady that believed them enough to start the journey. And once you're on the journey, you're committed. So all of these people that have come all that way finally make it into the United States. And if the United States doesn't fulfill every single promise that these people think that they are entitled to, uh, the promises that they have been told from whoever where, you know, whatever inspired them to get going in the very beginning, uh, if they are not given exactly what they want, um, we're gonna we're gonna see what they do, but um, I know if I had gone through that level of pain and that level of of journey, uh, and then all of a sudden I was just out on my own, I couldn't speak the language, uh, I'm in a foreign land, and they're not fulfilling their promises, you know, the supposed promises that they had given me to um, get me into their country. Yeah, things would get ugly.
1: I'm Mike Morford. And I've been researching the Zodiac case for years. Zodiac. Just the name. It sounds sinister. It inspires fear. The fact that a serial killer would give himself this moniker is disturbing. He would go on to taunt police by sending letters and codes to newspapers for years. And the attacks? They were something else altogether. If you were a young couple in a secluded area, you could easily be a target. And it wasn't just shootings on dark lovers' lanes. Zodiac would even attack with a knife in broad daylight while wearing an executioner-style hood. After a while, Zodiac changed tactics, and even lone cab drivers weren't safe. The Zodiac Killer terrorized the San Francisco Bay Area and then vanished, but he left a lot of clues behind along the way. Clues that we're going to examine closely on the new podcast, Zodiac Speaking. New episodes of Zodiac Speaking come out every other Saturday starting March 13, 2021. Subscribe today wherever you listen to podcasts, so you don't miss a single episode.
0: And I think that's what we're in store for, folks. And it pains me to say that as a patriot, as a person that loves this country. um, I look around me, I I just see mountains and, you know, beautiful scenery and trees. And uh, it's just so serene where I'm sitting right now. And yet I think of the chaos that's being caused by these politicians and that are operating in this third level of evil. Um yeah, it's it, it about sends me over the edge and who knows maybe that's what they want, but uh regardless it, it is um it's it's beyond pathetic what is happening right now and we had better get a hold of this because um not only are our freedoms Uh, the ability to do what we want in this country being severely limited. Um, But just seeing the pain and suffering that these people are causing all of these migrants. And like I said, this isn't just at our southern border. This is happening all over the world where these people are migrating someplace based on promises that they think that they are entitled to. And then they're getting there and it's, it's never going to be what they envision. And, you know, the only thing that I can imagine that they're going to come out of this is just sheer anger. And, you know, what, what they're trying to accomplish, uh, that, that's it's really hard for me to, to fathom, trying, you know, trying to get into their minds because, um, I can't even imagine doing what they're doing now. So whatever nefarious purpose is, uh, trying to f- fulfill this, um, to me is, is again, way into this third level of evil stuff. They may not be, you know, starting, um, the gas chambers and, and, um, uh, you know, o- Auschwitz type things, but, uh, what they're doing with these migrants is just as evil and it, it, it has to be called out and it has to be stopped. Uh, yeah, it's, it is just really, really, really wrong what is happening. So, all right, guys. Well, I know that's, um, uh, kind of, uh, dreary and, and probably not what some of you wanted to hear right now, but I'm telling you, um, it's happening. And, uh, how does this all tie in with law enforcement and all things crime? Well, <clears throat> put yourself in the, in the shoes of one of those migrants Uh, they get into this country, they can't speak English, they don't have a job waiting for them, no way to provide for their family, what are they going to do? They're going to turn to crime. They are going to, at best, they're going to resort to that first level of evil, and they're going to see all the stuff that you have, and they're going to take it because they're saying, you have way more than what you need, so I'm going to take what I need And we're going to split whatever you have. So if you have food in the fridge, half of it's going to them or, you know, a good portion of it's going to them. If you have money, if you have clothing, if you have a car, if you have um, whatever, whatever they feel that they're entitled to, uh, they're going to try to take it. Well, that, my friends, is crime. And that is what is gonna happen. And these people that are operating in the third level of evil, that is what they're trying to commit. They're, they're trying to create. You know, there's, there's all sorts of opportunity and ways for uh, people to benefit when there's chaos. You know, war creates a massive amount of chaos. And there's, we, we've uh, looked at some people that uh, they benefit personally From the chaos of war either you know financially or whatever uh, territory those kind of things but there's also all sorts of chaos that's created with uh, that's what's happening with this migration and what better way to, to create chaos in a city you know imagine some of these smaller cities that all of a sudden they have a thousand people can't speak English they have no means of providing for themselves they are all of a sudden just laid on to a community. What is this community going to do? You know, um, we're finding out because it's happening. And it's th- this is that's what I mean by third level of evil, guys. And uh, it is happening. And the chaos that it's creating is actually what feeds the beast. And that's that's what we'll talk about in, uh, in a forthcoming episode. So remember the 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 mini series that we're doing right here is called Evil, the Beast and the Buffet. And I hope you guys can see where I'm going with this. We've now defined pretty much what uh, all the different levels of evil are. But now we got to really explore what the beast is and you can see what the kind of the, the, the effects of how the beast is created and how it's fed and the buffet is all of us folks And it doesn't matter if, um, you know, even these, these politicians that think that they are immune from the beast, they're on the buffet too. And so we're going to talk about that later. But anyway, guys, hope you have a great day. Like I said, it's Friday. It's a gorgeous uh, fall day out there. So uh, go out and take advantage of it. Enjoy the freedoms that you have uh, that uh, may or may not be here tomorrow. So enjoy them today. All right, guys, take care. Thank you for listening to All Things Crime. We are so grateful for all of our listeners. If you enjoyed this, please give us a positive review so other people can find it as well. Have an amazing All Things Crime Day.